our idea, we talked about this last week, our idea of success and making it and arriving is rooted in whiteness. Our idea of being somebody, I feel like I'm somebody when I match an idea of whiteness. That's menticide. That's PTSS. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation, beloved, we're going to talk about some numbers. Right? Um, we're going to talk about greatness in our people. We're going to talk about our brother, Deion Sanders, as um, the numbers come out regarding our brother's first spring game with his new job as head coach in Colorado, right? So, real quick, we're going to read an article from thebleacherreport.com, and we just want to have a conversation about greatness and Later, I want to have a conversation about being a conductor, right? As black Americans, as black Africans, as black Europeans, as black Chinese, the black Turks, the black South Americans. We just want to have a conversation about greatness and being melanated makes you a conductor right so it's important that things run through you because the world is looking at you nothing is going to really work unless you are put in the front of it because the universe pulls from you And humans gravitate to you. And when humans gravitate to you, this process is called and labeled as influence. So black folks are born influencers. That's why nothing going to get popping until you do it. You know, whether that's positive. (laughs) Or beloved is negative, right? Let's take a look at the Bleacher Report. Let's talk about our brother Deion Sanders. Let's talk about some numbers, right? How about we just do that, right? And the headline reads: Deion Sanders' first spring game at Colorado generates two hundred thousand dollars in net profit. A D says, right? And then you see a picture of our brother, Coach Prime. With the cowboy hat on. With the glasses. Whistle around his neck. One silver. And one gold. Beloved, we born with that style. We born with that sauce. (laughs) Beloved, we born with that swag. It's on us and it's in us. It's just what it is. Beloved, it is a blessing to be the original man on your planet, planet Earth, right? The University of Colorado was looking to make a splash when they hired D. 
Deion Sanders. And it appears that things are already headed in the right direction. The monetary details have been released from the program's spring game on April the 22nd, and the results are positive. The Buffaloes would turn a net profit of around 200K from the event, and athletic director Rick George is enthused. So we're going to quote Rick George. Just the merchandise sales was the largest we've had of any home game this past year. So that in itself was good, George said. Obviously, when you have 47,000 people there, there's revenue that's generated from that and concessions, right? All right, let's just have a small conversation about that. When you go to these college stadiums, the parking, it's normally never sufficient to hold all the visitors that's coming to see the event. So what normally happens is that the college is going to make money off the parking that they do have, but the community that the college sits in or that the stadium sits in is going to make money too. Because the neighborhood and blocks that's not that far from the stadium, they're going to put, I'm talking about mom and pops going to let you park on the grass, let you park in front of their home, let you park in their driveway for five, 10, 15 bucks. So one original man, Deion Sanders, presents at a football program is going to enrich not only the staff that's associated with athletics, not only the college which hosting the team in the athletic program, but the entire community is going to make money off one original man. So, beloved, the question I'm having for you is that if Rick George is ballsy enough to come out with the numbers after one event and say, listen, beloved, this university bank over 200k we talking about net meaning after everybody they got paid they had a cool 200k left over which beloved we know was maybe 275 300,000 but we know the devils love to steal so they just came out with the numbers just on face value and the question is beloved how much money do we make as black americans off our brother doing his job because we keep losing our great ones to them in which they make the money off our brothers and we don't make anything off our own brothers. Right? So that's something we, we definitely want to have a conversation about, beloved. In the state of Michigan, when we start talking about athletic programs, Minorities love their own, man. Because we have a lot of foreigners that live in this country. We have a lot of foreigners that live in Michigan. We have a lot of foreigners that love athletics. They love sports. And soccer, what I've learned, is more like a universal sport, right? Everybody kind of put their hand into the game of soccer. 
the Korean athletic teams that's there playing the game of soccer or any sport of their choice typically has a Korean coach. The Palestinian athletics, their teams have Palestinian coaches. The Chaldeans, any athletic department that they associate themselves with or game or program, I should say, all the coaches is also Chaldean. This is the same for the Lebanese athletic department and the teams and games that fall underneath that. The Lebanese coaches is hand in hand. It's only when you get to schools and universities that's filled with devils, the so-called white men and the pale men. It's a weird dynamic because you start to see our people push their way in to be a part of their programs. And in the same breath, you're labeled as a minority group and no other minority group is running to try to be a part of these big programs and build them up for nothing. And just think, beloved, this is so many teams in college on that collegiate level. There's so many teams that came out and they got a first week number. But the Bleach Report decided to do some numbers on our brother. How much money they're generating off him. It just sounds like, and maybe I'm taking it wrong, beloved. Maybe I'm taking it wrong. It just sounds like some pimping and hoeing kind of shit. Because it's capitalism, and that's the way we just look at capitalism from the Midwest. Because we associate everything with pimps and hoes, because we got real pimps and hoes out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The players' balls is always in Detroit, or always in Milwaukee, or St. Louis, or Chicago, or Cleveland. It's like it's just real out this way. It just looks like George came out and just talk, talking numbers like on some pimp shit. Like, yeah, beloved, my bottom bitch that we got went out there and got that. I mean, he socked it to a pimp's pocket and we made 200K on the spring game, cat daddy. Now, y'all boss up and match that. That's how I heard it. Yeah, we put somebody out there on that stroll. We know what I'm saying? We put their feet on that concrete and they brought that money home to daddy. And this is what we doing and the future is looking bright. Like, God damn. That's some pimp shit almost. Oh, everybody made money out of here, cat daddy. We all got, we can't, we coming up. You know what I'm talking about? But they say in the game, beloved, it can't be on you. It got to be in you. <laughs> but when they come to our people, it's not only on us, it's in us. But we, beloved, got to learn how to pimp ourselves. Did you see, you guys see Deion Sanders after the Celebration Bowl when he was consoling the player yes. to drop the touchdown? I want to believe it was genuine. Yeah, that's the kind of that's the type of, of leadership and behavior right mm -hmm. there that I think could make Deion Sanders an elite head coach. I, I, but why are we filming that? Mm -hmm. It makes it look like you were doing it to look like something or putting on a show. Now, I'm not saying he did, but that's what it looks like. There's a book when you get the opportunity to check out. Man, this book came back out in the day. Fiery. 
it changed your whole outlook on how you look at sports. And the name of this book is 40 Million Dollar Slave, right? It's the rise, the fall, and the redemption of the black athlete. And William C. Roden, man, he put this project together years ago. And I remember watching our brother, right? Uh, William C. Roden, he was on Tony Brown Journal, right? See, I'm a man beloved of a certain age. Nike makes $40 billion a year. Now, how big, how big of an influence do you think LeBron James has on that? I mean, Hard right, to calculate. Now, right now, I mean, a lot more than majority. More than say. most people. Yeah. Okay. He took a billion dollars over a lifetime. He's 36 years old. He has another 40 years to live. <laughs> you know what that's called? It's called the transfer of the, the, the transfer of Overton window on what it means to be a slave economically. That means the economics have outgrown the mindset and, and vision and understanding of the modern American black man. So we think getting a billion dollars over a lifetime is actually a step up. It's only a step up because it's relative to what we see other black people with. This is what Kanye West tried to tell them. Because y'all don't own any land, you are obsessed with brands. Le LeBron should have asked for $40 billion over a lifetime. If they make $40 billion over the next 40 years, they should have given him a billion every year because he represents 140th of Nike's commercial influence. He sold us out. And you know what came with the sellout? Don't speak about those Muslim concentration camps in China. Don't speak about the Chinese concentration camps where they put 2 million Muslims in prison against their will for no crime other than being Muslim. And beloved, if it's not too much trouble, what I want to do is pause and pivot, right? And um, let me pull that book up. I want to read a paragraph off that book, right? But just listen, I want to say this before I do that. Black man and black woman, in the wilderness of North America. This for me to you. Because we all in the same village. Right. Beloved you are great people. You are awesome people. Right. You're so gifted. You're so talented. All is the mind. And the universe is mental. If you can see it in your mind, you can be it. Right? If you can see it in your mind, you can be it. Our Hebrew Israelite brothers say it on this wise. They say, without a vision, the people perish. Is that not right? That's how our brothers say it in the village, right? When you come to the camp. Right, we talking about Jake now, right? Because this is what our brothers they say Jake as short for Judah. But our brothers say without a vision, the people perish. A vision is an illustration that you see when you woke. When you see this visual and mental illustration, when you sleep, they call that a dream. A vision is something you have when you wide awoke and you 
And that illustration that goes to your mind is a vision. What is the vision that you have for your people, beloved? What is the vision that you have for your people? It's unfortunate that a lot of our greatness was shown in this country during a period called Jim Crow. During a period called segregation. Our greatness shown. Let's move over to the $40 million slave, right? William C. Roden. Beloved, I just want to pull a passage from the 100th page, right? Uh, 100 page, page 100 if you're from Boston. But if you're not from the 100th page, right? <laughs> I want to drop down to the first paragraph and I want to read something powerful, right? To the brother, to the sisters, right? Author Ruby Foster, Negro National League, established a parallel world of baseball in the black community. Foster, known as the quote, the father of black baseball, unquote, was part of a renaissance generation of African Americans in the 1920s who sought to redefine, celebrate, and make sense of the African American presence in the United States. Black poets wrote their poems Black singers sang their songs. Black artists made their art. Foster used his baseball league as a canvas to express a new physical art form, which by the end of the century for African-American athletes would show off for the whole world. All right, let's stop. The original man is the best knower. Is the best knower. All is mind. And the universe is mental. Ruby Foster. In his mind. Used the Negro League. And the Negro League was just a platform in which the poets can come do their thing. I want you to listen, beloved. Where the singers can do their thing. And somebody, if they were just an artist, just a regular artist, a painter, a magazine creator, they was able to do their thing. And he had it all at the baseball game. And somebody seeing that, and in their mind, that was a way for you to be independent. So they took a man named Jackie Robinson and a couple of others and they put them in the major league because once they begin to put our people in the major league, they were siphoning them from the Negro League into the major league to crush what our brother had in the Negro League. Now there is no more Negro League. Now, every February, Black History Month, they teach you about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And they go into a bunch of a list of freedom fighters. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Because 
those guys put their life on the line not only their life but their future because many of those people that was fighting for civil rights died forfeiting their future for the cause but very rarely during black history month you hear anything about the fight for entrepreneurship because if that idea of entrepreneurship into your mind it would completely make you independent from your open enemy because your open enemy needs you because beloved you got the influence the influence is on Dion and then George is coming out bragging about them getting Dion there because the most powerful thing about this story at Colorado is that they never had the money to pay the man. If you go back to an earlier conversation we had on this podcast, Colorado University disclosed they never had the money to get the man. But we knew on this platform they was going to leverage Dion's influence to get the money. Now, beloved, we talk about the NBA and our brother J-Mo is back in trouble again. But what do we say about that? They they put in the kid in hot water for shit that's technically it's not even illegal. But beloved, that's a different story for a different day. Because what we know when this devil talk, he is the law here. That's what the old fools just say. Here come the law. It wasn't the guy with the six point star with the badge and the gun that was the law. Anything the devil said, it was law. Here come the law. You got a gun up? Oh, man, that's illegal. You finna go in indefinite suspension. And, man, you rich. Man, you don't need them devils nowhere going to start your own league. But, beloved, I'm saying don't let you say this. We don't need them folk, man. Look how they took our brother and went into black 200K of just a spring game, beloved. <laughs> Oh man, this is unreal. I seen this bleacher report and I said, look at the devil spiking the ball already. Pun intended. They spiking the ball saying, look, Pimpin ain't dead. <laughs> Pimpin ain't dead. Y'all just scared. And the things that came out when our brother Dion was at the HBCU about this going on in the locker room, that going on outside the game in the parking lot. It's some thievery and this and that going on. Beloved, don't you know? He's dealing with something. Man, there's a whole troth of devils out there in Colorado. Don't you, don't you know that Dion and his children, they're dealing with some racial issues out there, beloved. They're dealing with some racial issues when they go to the restaurants, when they go to the gas stations. They're dealing with some issues, but it'll never hit the press. It'll never hit the press because they're going to pull in more great black minds into these programs so we can use our minds to enrich their universities while our universities scramble for funding. And beloved, that's just where we at right now in America. 
The white man ice is colder. Peace and black power to your family. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. Beloved, this is indeed the Real Black Content is Fun podcast, man. This is your brother, VJ. Until next time, man, I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace. Black people don't have any power. Abernathy and Jesse Jackson can wrestle from here to, to, to uh, Los Angeles. They're still not dealing with power. Black people are powerless. They've been put outside of the whole white power structure. And all the organizations, the NAACP, Urban League, SCLC, National Council, Negro Women, all of them are talking as though black people have power. Black people don't have any power unless we can begin to build black institutions and realize that we're dealing with a power struggle for survival. All these organizations are leading us straight to hell and genocide. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Abernathy ought to understand it couldn't be a power struggle because neither one of them have any power. NAACP has no power. Urban League has no power. No black organization, no black people in America have power. They're fighting for survival from a powerless position, flat on their back, begging white folks, and that's 